sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Oh, hey, uh, I'm Nate Larkin here with my friend and yours, Aaron Porter. Uh, looking just a little bit more like a buccaneer every week. Am I? I shaved yeah. my beard. Uh-huh. I'm way more trimmed. I know. I know. I know. You're you're looking a little stylish there, my friend. Oh, nice. Well, well, gee whiz, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I I guess I'm thinking sailors and buccaneers and all that kind of stuff because I took a day trip last friday with my brother dan on his last day with us here in florida uh he and i drove up from amelia island to savannah georgia ever been to savannah georgia i have i have not been there since probably about 1997 but i loved it i remember a candle shop down by the all these really cool shops down by the water and just yeah 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 down on river street yeah it was it was beautiful so what did you do just cruise around well, uh, you know, we weren't sure whether Allie was going to go along. She was kind of back and forth. And at, at, in the end, she decided she's still recovering from surgery. And she decided that was going to be too long a drive and too long a day. And she didn't want to spend that much time on her feet. So she stayed home, which freed us to do what he and I like to do. We did museums. We went to three museums uh, and a fort and a cathedral. Uh, and it's just fantastic, uh, you know, mu- museums there in the city. I-, I just love doing that. I can get lost in history. Yes, you are a good history guy to go around with. Did you? Is it Fort Sumter that's close? To no, 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 no. That's in Charleston. Oh, that's, that's right. in Charleston. Yeah, no. Uh, it's not much of a fort, actually. There are a couple. We went to one of them. There, uh, but anyway, a masonry fort there. Savannah was, you know... It, it, it fell uh, into Union hands fairly early in the conflict. Um, and See, we're getting you on history. We could do Savannah <laughs> right now. We could do and, it. And, 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 and unlike, you know, Atlanta, for example, Savannah wasn't burned. It wasn't destroyed. So there are some of these beautiful antebellum homes uh, in the city laid out in squares, much like uh, like the uh, like the garden section of New Orleans. And so the, those huge ancient live oaks draped with Spanish moss, you know, uh, brick and cobblestone streets. Yeah. It was absolutely well, wonderful. Well, I am glad that you had a good partner for your yeah. your <laughs> favorite stuff. Right, Allie I, would have been absolutely miserable. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, I kept her updated throughout the day. And uh, with every video, she was happier about her decision to stay home. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm picturing the fastest ever tour of any historical site had to be uh, the Edinburgh Castle when oh, we yeah. had, what, an hour, hour and a half to closing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Am yeah, I yeah. jogging through all the buildings with all the <laughs> pirate monks? <laughs> hey, I've really been looking forward to our guests for this week. And uh, longtime listeners to the podcast, or those who've been listening for the last few months, I'm sure will be as pleased as we are with uh, who's joining us today when we return on the Pirate Monk Podcast. 
welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. We have this week as our guests, none other than the fabled Timo Strawbridge. Timo, many of you have heard about Timo and his remarkable daughter, Kristen. They're joining us from, I don't know, some fancy studios somewhere in the Lakeland, uh, Florida area. Welcome, Timo and uh, Kristen. Great to be with you. Hi, thanks. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, So, Timo. Uh, you are on staff at Trinity Press, Lakeland, Florida. Uh, what's your position there? How would you describe it? So most of the time, what I say is I'm the staff infection of our church. <laughs> uh, okay. We just have, we just have a really, we're a 25 year old church plant and, uh-huh. um, Dear friend, um, started the church with 10 families. Uh, my wife and I got to be a part of that. Kristen was two probably mm-hmm. at the time. And um, so I've held a lot of roles. I was hired in 2000 to head up the small groups. And then uh-huh. um, and then it just kind of moved to director of ministries. And then uh, as they work with me and try to figure out the best way to capture what we're trying to do, as I was telling you earlier, we do Bible studies in businesses is one of the things that I do. And a friend came down and said, that Bible study that you just did in that business, how many of those people are in your church? And mm-hmm. I said, none. And he said, well, uh-huh. how do you how do you justify that to your elders? And I said, well, we'll be with one of the elders on my team that oversees yeah. and, and helps me in my work and gives me oversight. I said, you can mm-hmm. ask him. So we go to a local wine bar where we hang out and, uh, my, my friend, my guest from out of town just looked at my, my friend Dwight and said, Hey, we were doing a Bible study. None of the people in the Bible study that Timo spent two hours on today, getting set up, getting there an hour Bible study at lunch and leaving, none of them go to your church. And my friend just looked at him and said, yeah, that's what we do. We're a church for this we're a church for the city and we view Timo as a missionary to the city. Wow. Nice. Wow. What an exciting concept. Uh, a shame that it's as revolutionary as it sounds. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> blessing. And it's, uh, yeah, it's remarkable, remarkable to get to work with these people and live in this place. And I grew up here. I've lived here my whole life. Uh-huh. and uh, serve and be loved and, and get to love folks here in my hometown. And it is a remarkable church. You know, uh, I, I, we don't talk a lot about Samson House, which is the nonprofit that supports the growth and health of the Samson Society. Uh, but uh, Dr. Tom Mocha uh, runs Samson House. One of his responsibilities is to you know, make relationships with potential donors outside of Samson. And he's been working for years to see if uh, he could find some churches who would support what we do. So far. Is this an awkward so, pitch that's happening right now? No, no all I'm saying, here's what I want to say this about him. This is what I want to say about, about, about Trinity Press in Lakeland. So far, two churches in all of these years, two churches have stepped up. Uh, to support Samson House and by far and away the most generous gift and one that was given really it was offered spontaneously. We were pursued with that money. It came from Trinity Press. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's a remarkable bunch of people. 
So, um, Timo, you you grew up in Lakeland. So, I get Kristen. Were you raised in Lakeland? I sure was. I always say it. Um, I have lived the entirety of my existence in Lakeland, all of the years. <laughs> I went to college here. I went to yeah. all my school here, and now I work here. So that's not how yeah. I would have planned it. But looking back, it's such a blessing, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, just <clears throat> just for, just first for, college was uh, was five blocks away. And, uh, That's true. and, and she went there for two years, a marvelous school, Florida Southern college. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she moved to a school that was actually two and a half miles away. Yeah. So we could zoom. We yeah. wanted to be those parents. <laughs> that was, and we just to, felt two and a half miles. Spread her wings. She had to get yeah. Yeah. She needed yeah. some space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so, uh, Timo, you have been uh, a driving force uh, there in uh, central and central western Florida in helping to get Samson uh, planted in quite a number of places. Uh, can you tell us uh, what? How did you first become acquainted with Samson? What piqued your interest? What did you like about it? How did how did you come? Uh, you kind of like almost like a volunteer staff member down there. It's crazy. <laughs> I would say, uh, I, so I'm the last of eight children, and uh, my brother came to Christ. Uh, my brother Rick came to Christ in 1964 uh, when he was uh, tied end at the University of Miami. So I have a brother, Ted, who uh, mm-hmm. was two years older than me, passed away two years ago. But he and I just love, were great friends, uh, loved life. Mm-hmm. Every single meal we had was the we got to have dinner every night with our heroes. Our favorite wow. people were our brothers and sisters and our mom and dad, just amazing people. Uh, and they loved us and they shared with us and they believed in Jesus and they were the most exciting, fun people that we had ever met. And so our home became a place of just remarkable evangelism and friendship. People would mm-hmm. hang out with us and then say, you know, what's different about those people? Uh, but in all of that wonder, Ted and I never uh, developed an ability to connect over our brokenness and our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what that meant is we... Uh, when I was 18 and Ted was 20, Ted walked out of our uh, one of uh, we were in a worship service and he we just walked out together and he just looked at me and said, "Wouldn't it be great to go to a church that was great to go to?" Oh, and I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well, going to most churches just makes me feel like I got a good up in order for Jesus to save me." Yeah, and I can't good up enough. Yeah, so that. Uh, and as much as we loved our dad, we our dad was great, fabulous. Mm-hmm. We connected over sports and friendship and and uh, and joy and zeal and Jesus. But my dad and I never connected over sinfulness mm-hmm. um, and our brokenness. And so um, it just it it's just a it's just another avenue or ability or place that we have to connect with people is over our brokenness and our need for Jesus, because there are amazing things about us, but there are also these broken wonky things about us. And we can talk about both. I'm, I'm neither one nor the other. I'm both of them. So describe, describe this connecting over sinfulness. 
on one side, you've got the we all beat ourselves up and beat each other up in the mm-hmm. legalistic connection. Then you've got the body locker room humor of connecting over sinfulness. You're talking about something else. Describe connecting over sinfulness as it is gospelicious. Uh, so mm-hmm. how I would say that is when I grew up, it was the responsibility of the children to declare and tell who they are to the to my dad. You told him what you did and where you were going. And mm-hmm. obedience was for the children. In our family, my wife and I and Kristen, in our family, we made obedience the most important thing for me. Because as the, as the ski boat driver, the skiers are going to end up somewhere close to where I am. And so um, I'll give you an example. One day we're driving home and I said, Kristen, how did you, how did the Holy Spirit catch you? We were leaving worship. How, how did he catch you in, in sin? And Kristen just looked at me. Mm, no, no, didn't, no sin there. I said, hey, no, I mean, was it during the sermon you thought of your sinfulness or the spirit? Wor- mm, no, no. How about, how about uh, the music? No, no, wasn't convicted over sin. So now I'm just paralyzed. I just think, oh my goodness, because my wife's not Mary and I damn sure ain't Joseph. <laughs> so we got, we have not raised Jesus. <clears throat> so a huge turning point in that connection piece, Aaron, was when I realized and I just prayed over the week, what could we do? What could we do? How could I help Kristen? Is I just looked at Kristen before the sermon and I said, hey, Kristen, Write down all your dad's sins that the pastor mentions today. So Kristen just starts writing. She's writing. She's writing. She turns the page over. She's writing. She's writing. And she says, Dad, you're a big sinner. Yeah. And I just leaned down and I said, yeah, but how come I love Jesus so much more than you do? Mm. And so that began what Kristen and I would discover to be just another great way for us to care for each other yeah, uh, over um, the appetites that God has allowed us to have so that we might know his greatness. So mm. Kristen, I, I don't know what we're supposed to be talking about, but I want to hear that same story from your perspective. <laughs> I, know. I wish I remembered it as vividly, but I, I really don't. I wasn't very old. So how, how, how did that create a, a change in your family dynamic, did you come, did you get ushered into a place where you felt safe being authentically you, including broken parts that God was bringing to his grace through? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a loaded question and statement. I would say- Wait, uh, do, we, do we need to ask your dad to leave the room? Because we want to- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> The safety you were mentioning. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think what is really special and unique, um, and I do think part of it, I mean, is different from his childhood being one of eight. I am one of one. Yeah. So I had a lot of attention and um, a lot of my parents' time. Uh, something that's really special that I look back on is I could probably count on one hand the number of basketball games my parents missed, and I played until I was 22. You know, Mm -hmm. that's really special. Um, But I think what was really helpful as a kid, a kid who would definitely lean toward that legalism, I I need to make the rules so that I'm doing it right. I'm either all in on a diet or all out. Um, 
And it's just cool to always know that my dad thinks he's the biggest sinner in the room. And and also to know that when there was somebody whose life was falling apart at our church, everybody may be running away, but my dad was the one running in. Like holidays mm-hmm. at our house, my there's I don't know why people's lives fall apart at the holiday, but it tends to be so, at least here in Lakeland. And so just knowing and seeing that, especially when I was home from college, how much time my dad would spend with people whose lives were broken. And so that, that just creates a, a space and just a knowledge in my own head to say, I know when things are at their worst and the shit's hitting the fan, like I know who I'm going to call because that's mm-hmm. who other people call. But he, it's, it just so happens to be my dad. Mm. That's beautiful. So a, a way I would say Aaron also would be like over the Christmas holidays, I have some questions that I ask regarding how'd you see God work last year? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's reflection. And then how do you see him working this coming year? And then one of my questions is uh, what sin habit or appetite is the greatest threat to your ministry or legacy? Wow. So then mm-hmm. I ran around and while I was writing that up, I, I, my staff, you know, people <laughs> that I work with are coming in and I said, Hey, what are my top three sins? Mm-hmm. And they were fabulous. They were fabulous. So it's haughty. Uh, <laughs> they said, you know, you tend to think, you know, more or are better. You consider yourself more than you consider others. So it's a form of pride. You talk and tell too much and you're fat. <laughs> So it's just, you know, it's just remarkable that you, you can have, so like on our staff, I want all of our staff members, we had a staff member who came to work for us and his wife called me and said, listen, I know eight things that if my husband's right in telling me that he's told you eight things that you know about him that would have gotten us fired at our last job. Yeah. I said, well, could you take a minute and just write down the things you know that I've done that would have gotten you fired? gotten me fired from your last job. And yeah. she wrote down 16 things. <laughs> so my goal is to always have 20 things at the beck and call and memory of any staff member on our church that they could go to the elders with to get me fired because it's only in their knowledge of the depth of my need of Jesus that gives them the confidence that I could be a help to them in describing a Jesus that could save them. In 1991, a buddy of mine I'd spent, he'd come to Christ two years earlier, a dear, dear friend. Uh, and do you remember those old Calvin and Hobbes where Calvin is is urinating on or pissing on Dale Earnhardt or Bill Elliott or somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was in construction at the time. And he said, listen, if you can't introduce me, I'm getting out of his truck. He said, if you can't introduce me to a bigger Jesus, my sin pisses on your little Jesus. Mm. Now, and I and I just got to sit in that and realize that I was not describing a savior that was greater than my friend's sins to mm-hmm. say. Okay, so mm-hmm. what's the transition here? Because I know a lot of people that would say, "No, I'm the biggest sinner in the room." They're amazing at living in shame and wallowing mm-hmm. in their knowledge of their sinfulness. Mm-hmm. So walking that across. Is- different than what you're describing. So walking across the yard when I was 17, uh, my dad is, I'm complaining about something and I'm just walking across the yard and I'm 
I was probably six, seven, 160 or something like that. And my dad was five, 10, 200 pounds. And so he takes two steps, Aaron gets in front of me, grabs me by both arms, looks me straight in the face. And he says, Timothy Oliver, do not ever sin against God by not loving being you and don't ever sin against God by not loving the chores he's given you. Wow. It is a sin to make more of your shame than you do of the glory of God to be created in his image. You are created in God's image. You are radiant in the wonder of who God is for you. And don't sin against him by not living that out. That requires a pretty big Savior. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, uh, a few months ago, when Tom Mocha and I were in Lakeland, we, we had the privilege of attending at their invitation a remarkable Samson meeting, a women's Samson meeting, first one I'd ever attended. <laughs> Uh, for best, uh, to the best of my knowledge, uh, the only one, the only group that yet exists. Um, and Kristen chaired the meeting. It was, uh, it was just such a wonderful time. Out, uh, Kristen, tell, tell me, bit. tell me that you made them dress for the occasion, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, how did that happen? And 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 uh, I don't care who answers the question, but. Give us a, 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 an idea of how it's going, what the, ex, what, what the experience is, it has been like, how the group's doing. Totally. You say how it started, and I'll say how it's going. So Samson became a place. What, I, what, I, what we work on is there's a skill to confession. There's yes. a skill to learning how to speak of my brokenness in a way that causes me to reflect in hope on God's ability to save. But confession is also, if it means to agree with, I'm also agreeing with God that his investment of Jesus was a, a, a move of his heart and love for me that was worth it. His oh my gosh, can we Jesus. pause on that for a second? <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked, in fact, recently we talked about the whole confession, homologeo, to say the same thing as to be in agreement with. Mm-hmm. That is 99.9 billion percent of the time talking about, I agree that my sin was sinful. I agree that you're (laughs) righteous and I'm not. You are talking about a flip side of gospel confession that is necessary, or you are still not in agreement with God. Right. It's just half the story. Mm -hmm. But, But the reason why God, if God wanted to do away with, with me sinning, he'd just kill me right now. Yeah. Right. He can do away with sin. It says in Thessalonians, he can do away with Satan with the breath of his mouth. Mm-hmm. God, Jesus could have, he met with Satan. God knows where Satan is right now. Mm-hmm. Evil's, God's not scared of evil. Evil doesn't, it, it doesn't direct him. He doesn't have any hold on him. It's not hiding from him. If God calls roll, Satan has to show up and be where God tells him to be. So mm-hmm. when Jesus let, Satan walk out of the wilderness, he was saying, I want him to continue to do work in this part of my forever. It's not going to be forever, but this part of the epic of the human story, mm-hmm. God is allowing evil to work. In that, what's he accomplishing in my life is humility and dependence. Mm-hmm. Evil is nothing to God. It is stronger than me. 
So it being stronger than me is a gift to me to help humble me so that I would cry out to him and find him to be more magnanimous than I would have if evil hadn't existed. Because now I can compare God to something far greater than me and say, you are a savior and and you have devised this plan for my greatness. Mm-hmm. So what happens to me is I'm enjoying this skilling that you guys have created in Samson where I can think out of the malfunction of what what is happening and I can offer it to my friends in a place where they're working on it too. So the way I describe most testimonies start at zero and go to 50 units of sin or zero <laughs> to 100, Samson is a baton race where I start the story And I hand the story of my confession to somebody and they keep running. So I I get 800 units into my my sense of how sin is operating in my life so that I can then know Jesus more. Mm -hmm. So I'd never experienced anything like that. And I longed for it for my favorite uh, people who weren't able to attend, which is my friends who are women. Uh-huh. They don't have a place where they can safely begin to verbalize the ugliness of what they're participating in that they can't figure out how it's got a hold of them. And there's no. nothing there's nothing gender specific in the Samson. You just go through the regular meeting, I suppose, Chris. Sure. Yeah. So nothing no, nothing gender specific in the charter. Right. Any, no, no, no. Any, so I, I, so what we did was yeah. I asked my Aaron, I asked my four favorite people. Uh, one is my sister-in-law, who I love and who is sweet as she can be, full of grit, but nobody takes her seriously. Okay. Uh, another was a lady who is just a marvelous lady and friend and dear, and she and her husband drive each other crazy. Another <laughs> was a, the only woman I know that confesses sin like a man. I mean, she she doesn't sugarcoat it. It's nasty when you get. When I, she I gets thought done, you meant. I thought you meant she hit it and. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean she. Yeah, I was yeah. saying that as a, a yeah. uh, probably sexist but honorable way. Um, uh, and then another one whose husband just won't behave and and stay in line with all the other men and be normal. And mm-hmm. she's waiting for him to submit and come be normal with her. And he's waiting for her to come out where he is. So I just said, if you guys will be my friend and let me, I'm going to attend four of these meetings. And each time we do a meeting, I'll retype the charter and get the gender correct, mm-hmm. but we're not going to change it. This thing is going really creates a space where people don't talk over people and mm-hmm. people can actually say who they are and, and, and feel a sense of being loved. Mm-hmm. So the very first meeting, we have an uncle, a niece, and a sister-in-law. <laughs> I've been to about a hundred men's meeting and I cannot get grandfathers and fathers and grandsons in the same room so that they can break the legacy. Oh, by, the wow. sec- by the second meeting, my daughter is in there. Wow. And I read, um, Nate, I read my, I'm a racist. I'm a big, yeah, yeah. I'm a liar yeah. list of sins in the very first one I did with the women. Okay. And as soon as I got done, Nate, by the fourth woman, every single confession that was being made matched every men's group Samson I'd ever been in. Mm -hmm. 
Same way, same depth, same spread of equal sin over all 10 commandments. It was amazing. And all I could think was my cultures, my Christian cultures lied to me. I always Mm -hmm. knew there weren't 10 commandments for men and 10 commandments for women. We're all just sinners in need of a savior with different appetites for brokenness. Yeah. And we just need a place where we can say it. And somebody created in God's image can look back at us and say, thank you for saying that to me. I'm blessed by the work you're doing and I'm encouraged by your skill to participate further. So then probably, I think it was the second or third one that Kristen and I are walking out and she just kind of looks at me and says, uh, dad, this is the greatest thing you've ever done. Mm. All the things you've attempted, this is the greatest gift that you could make to me and to my friends. Wow. And after the fourth one, I, I did not go back and. And I can update from there. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. We finished each other, each other's sentences. Um, so yeah, I started going to the second one and when dad was there um, and then falling. So this started probably like a year ago and tw- the beginning of 2021. Now we're in 2022. And over the course of that year, we met Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Um, they started another one, I think, on like Wednesdays at lunch and maybe one on Mondays at lunch. So there's different opportunities for people to go depending on what time works in their schedule. Um, And so really we've seen a lot of ebb and flow, I think, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would just describe it overall as we are totally in process in no Mm -hmm. way have we real come to the end of like everything that we need to know for this group. We -hmm. are making it up as we go along with, the direction of all the things in the Samson Charter. So it's been really, it was really good last year. We had a strong core group of people, you know, probably a text group of 15 with seven or eight showing up weekly, a committed group. Um, And I I would say it's just, it's really cool for me to be there every week to one, have a word to meditate on the rest of the week and see how the Lord's working that whole that word into the whole of my life. Um, and then also to learn confession. I, despite my upbringing and having a dad who does run in when other people are running out, I love to get up and I am horrible at coming as I am. I really only want to come if I'm where I want to be. Um, and so just to show up, not know the word ahead of time and think about it as it's there and share what the Holy Spirit puts on my heart has been transformative for me and transformative for me in a church where I've grown up, where I'm now no longer a child and trying to figure out, you know, what is it to be 27 and single longer than I thought that I was going to be? Um, and what is that role for me in my life? So it's been really helpful, but I would say we went through the holidays last year, um, you know, sporadic with our meetings. I think both Christmas and New Year's Day were on Saturdays, so that's tough. Yeah, and coming yeah. into the new year, um, we had a few people who they text the group and say, hey, I've loved Samson. I think I'm going to move on to different groups now. I'm in a different phase of my growth or my life, and that is great. 
Um, and I think that's what's cool about Samson because they know they can always drop back anytime. There's no pressure yeah. to come yeah. every week. It's um, and that's what I like about it too. If I have something on a Saturday and I don't come, I still get a ton out of it the next week. Yeah. So yeah. So Nate, like I would say for us, what we what we try to tell people is there may be a six or eight week stretch right. where you need to drop back into Stan- Samson and be with your friends, own it again, and then go back out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The gift of COVID for me was it. Uh, I was probably meeting with 140, um, uh, 280 different people a month in different groups in Bible yeah. studies and other things. Well, the gift of COVID was it put me back in front of a computer screen, and I went back you know, that ESPN didn't have any scores, so then it put on <laughs> bikinis, so then I'm chasing – yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, an old idol or a current ongoing yeah. battle for me. And I fall yeah. back into pornography and then, and God always does that to me as a gift to withdraw his spirit, give me back over, uh, to an appetite of sin so that I might be humbled. And then a, within 10 days of that, a dear, dear, dear friend called me and said, I've been having an affair. Can you help me? Yeah. And yeah. I said, only if you can help me too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we'll we'll both walk back to health. And so that's when Samson got cranked up. There was mm-hmm. a local uh a coach here that got caught with kitty porn. And yeah. I just was so sad for him that I didn't have a place for him where he could go- come and tell me about what he was going through so I could walk him to health. Yeah. And I just thought and when I read that article, I said, um, you know, I need to create something, be a part of something, Mm -hmm. uh, train people in something. And it needs to be, it needs to have both genders in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's what we do with it. So Kristen said, she stopped me last week and said, you know, Hey dad, we're down to three people, right? You know, what do we do? And, Mm -hmm. and, and so I was intending to come back to the women's group just to say, Hey, I'd love to join back in, uh, you know, and, and talk through where we are. But the other thing is everything I've ever done starts off with God's kind to bless it, but then dwindles Mm -hmm. dwindles it down. So to give Jesus reason to say, Timo, where there's two or three gathered. I love those groups. Those are my favorite groups. And Kristen's got to learn that if she's going to continue to start and renew things and and she's got to enjoy it when it comes down to three people. Mm -hmm. If I could offer a suggestion, Totally. Uh, uh, we had some parallel experience when we started the very first Samson group. We started with a dozen guys, and uh, at the end of the year, we'd grown it to seven. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but by then, we realized that um, we were relating in the meetings, but there was not a real lot of relating, personal relating that was going on between the meetings. Right. And Silas relationships had not been established. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we invited anybody who'd been through the meetings that first year on a weekend retreat where we focused on the Silas relationship. We had 25 guys come to that retreat, 24, 25. We paired them off in temporary Silas relationships, had them take a little time to think about their own story, then time to tell their story to another person, walk together with them, and then flip, tell their stories. Uh, and then we did simple things like we role played the daily phone call. Uh, there was one functional Silas relationship between two therapists. So we had them talk about theirs. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, played poker and laughed and hung around the fire and he did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. By the end of the weekend, everybody had been a Silas, had had a Silas. We knew each other's stories far more than we did before. And there was a cohesion out of that weekend. From there, uh, Samson in Franklin, Tennessee really took off. Now, it has since ebbed because that's what Samson does. It ebbs and flows. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I offer that as, as a suggestion. Maybe think about a retreat for your ladies. That's great. That Nate, can really I sweet. I want to encourage you with one thing that is very, very dear to us that happens because uh, of your life and the power of your confession uh, mm-hmm. and what you and Aaron do uh, to help encourage us. Uh, I call it a rascal roundup. Our pastor, <laughs> his, uh, his, his great gift is humility. I mean, he mm-hmm. just, he, it, humility is not something he teaches. It's, it's a weapon for him mm-hmm. uh-huh. and he's marvelous. But what he'll say from after he goes on record against himself for pornography or drugs or whatever he's sharing that day, um, what he'll do is he'll encourage the congregation to go on record against themselves. Well, we have been blessed with a home that was basically funded by the community um, for my wife and I. And what they did was added on a wing so that when he says those things and somebody gains the courage to go on record for themselves on themselves and their spouse asks them to leave as a result of the blessing of their confession, <laughs> they yeah. come and live with my wife and I. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, and we and they stay with us, and it's a marvelous suite on the end of the house, and and she's an amazing hostess and very dear. But what we have then after they move in is we call it a rascal roundup, mm-hmm. and I call ten to fifteen of my favorite friends, and the guest in our home becomes the honored guest of the ras- rascal roundup, and it's a reverse intervention. Wow. It is not where we meet and ask him to tell us what he has done. It is where we meet to honor him by telling him what we have done and how God has brought us back through his transforming grace Mm -hmm. to health and vitality in this life. And it normally takes, and the honored guest is never asked to speak, but about the sixth person, he's got to jump in. Because he finally gets to declare for the first time something of who he is and be a part of a group that isn't ashamed of what they've done because what they've done has magnified the greatness of their Savior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so it really is this, and that's what we call it, a rascal roundup. And, <laughs> and, and I, I send out an all call on my text and guys show up and we sit on the back porch and we go around. And uh, like one of my buddies says, you know, my wife doesn't talk to me for a month after this. And somebody will say, how come? And he says, because when I got, go home, I've got to tell her what was said here and then she hates me like I've done what all of you guys have done and and so it's a it, but it's just a marvelous way to be reminded that Jesus came for sinners yeah and and the sinners are the ones that you find at Jesus's feet all the time mm-hmm. yeah. and that's and we're we, you know we're just the one guy going into the temple to say have mercy have mercy yeah. i love so much about that and not the least of which is you have prepared for the consequences of the calling you're making on people's lives. 
which mm. I mean, when I hear people talk about abortion and they're so against abortion, but they're not willing to walk with a woman for the next nine months through that time and go through mm. whatever the next steps, whether it's adoption or figuring out how to care for the kid, I, I go out of my skin. Like it mm -hmm. is so easy to make a high calling and not consider how you how you put the pillows there for them to land on and love them at the end. And I love so that you guys. I, so I met with that. Aaron, I met with five women to create a rascal roundup for women. Wow. You know, and then what we're going to do is move to a rascal roundup for uh, the parents. Uh, Aaron, the one that gets me and I'll get choked up over it is parents who have a 5,000 unit connection to their children and a 1,000 unit connection to Jesus and then their kids go off to college, and when they walk away from the faith, the parents walk away with them because mm -hmm. they have a stronger connection to their children. And uh, just creating a place on the back porch where couples who have prayed and prayed and prayed and seen their children return can meet with other couples whose children are just beginning to walk away and do the same kind of reverse intervention. Mm -hmm and let people meet. Uh, and, and I would just say our pastor's idea was we wanted to uh, start a church where the member was the highest prized person. And we equipped them to every member ministry where the mm -hmm. members we met on Sunday to equip ourselves to go out and serve and love and the love of God. So back to your earlier comment, Love God and love for your neighbor is not a command, it's a description. Mm -hmm. God is mm -hmm. describing why you have eyes and a nose and a mouth and ears and mm -hmm. sexual organs. You have them because they're your gifts so that you can love him and love your neighbor. And loving your neighbor is not a type of love. You get the love of God and neighbor is the location of what you do with the love you get from God. So the measure of whether I've loved someone well is whether they love God and has mm -hmm. nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so what you've done in being bold and creating this space for those of us who are cowardly and scared and trying to good up mm -hmm. to be able to be honest and say, um, what we're here to do is part of the beauty of my story is my story isn't my story uh, without the brokenness of who I am. And it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Wow. Kristen, I have one last question because we're running out of time. If there are women listening to this, and there are usually women listening to this, and they think, I'd like to start a Samson group, but I'd like to talk to a woman who's already done it and who has papers that have been genderfied. Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing like the daughters of the Lord or something, whatever we change it to. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. kind of stuff. Would mm -hmm. you be willing for them to contact you and have a conversation about that? Yes, totally. Not that I'm going to have all the answers, but I would love to talk to anybody who's interested. Sure. So, ladies, Kristen's willing to be your guru with all of the answers. And <laughs> <laughs> we're good so, listeners. So, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. Man, that's a great question. What is the best way? Is there, is there an email Probably, address that works? Yeah, email. So oh. I would use uh, Teresa at trinitylakeland.org. Okay, yeah. Teresa really 
she's my aunt. She's the one, the sister-in-law that was at the first group. Mm -hmm. She uh, works with my dad and she really is the one who does most of the coordination and stuff for our group. I just show up and if there's a new person, she's like, Kristen, tell them what Samson is because you say the words better. So that's right. really just me. I just am a participant. All but right, you could so, contact her at... So how do you Teresa, show is, is that a T-E-R or a T-H-E-R? T-H-E-R-E-S-A at right. trinitylakeland.org. So that's... Should I just spell the whole right. thing? T-R-I-N-I-T. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. All and right, we'll put so, that in the show notes. So ladies, if, okay. if one of you heard this and thought maybe you want to give it a shot, this is mm -hmm. for everybody. And Kristen and Teresa will make sure that uh, you you get some information on that. Thank you for being willing and taking that cold call request. That was unfair of me. I apologize. Sorry. No, it's perfect. <laughs> My email for work is just like the longest ever. So it's no. hers is easier. Hey, I love it. We, if we volunteered Teresa, she's all in. Thank you, Teresa. <laughs> Well, yeah. this is one of the most exciting developments in the Samson Society that I can uh, ever remember. Uh, cross, crossing the gender line and mm -hmm. and uh, pushing back against the, the old canard that says that women can't do this. You're proving that women can do this. Mm -hmm. And women like me need to be doing this. I need this. You know, yeah. it's not just something I can do. Yeah. 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 Well, thank All right. you guys. Appreciate your time. Wonderful to see you, Timo, after hearing stories. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> okay. All right. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Month podcast. are back here on the pirate bunk podcast well that was fun to get to see face <laughs> and meet his daughter and for those of you that didn't listen to i don't know it's probably five or so episodes ago um and you want to hear a little more of the context of the Timo story uh go back to nate speaking at the fall retreat i don't know what that was called but it's probably called something like nate speaking at the fall retreat <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you keep talking i'll see if i can find the uh, uh okay. episode number yeah yeah so so even when he he mentioned episode 315 there it is okay so even when he mentioned his uh his conversations about being a racist and a bigot and maybe that piqued your interest as to what is happening right now did we make a sudden left turn you'll get the context of that story in episode 315 so that was yeah. pretty awesome and man, do I hope that some ladies uh, connect with them and and start, I mean, and connect with us too. We would be happy to encourage you in this. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what an exciting development. The uh, the women's Samson groups. Oh, another exciting development. More details coming out this week in the Noble Briefing. Uh, those fall retreats in Italy are coming together the first and second week of October. Uh, the first week in first weekend in October it will be the international retreat. So no matter where you're from, you can attend that one. It'll be at a, at a, a, a beautiful retreat center, a couple miles, a couple hours away from Rome. 
And uh, uh, I believe there are some spouses that are going, and while yes. the husbands are at the retreat, they are going to do something. So, there is a there's a convent in the same village where we have our retreat center. Uh, so the women are not obligated to stay at the convent, but they can stay at the convent. It's a wonderful, peaceful place with wonderful nuns. And they, uh, here's the thing that Daniel Weens, the guy who's organized this thing has told us, he says, tell your American friends, the accommodations are not perhaps as plush as you are accustomed to in the United States. Are we talking about at the camp right now or at the nunnery? Uh, both. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's not a priority in Italy. He said they may be a little Spartan, but the food is fantastic. That's where the emphasis is. It's on the food. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. More details coming up. Awesome. And we'd love to hear from you if you have thoughts, questions, comments, uh Funny dad jokes, not funny dad jokes. We'll take them all. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we'd love to address your questions in the opening segment of this show. So if you have a question just about your life, your group, or somebody else's sin, let us know. <laughs> yeah, just drop us a line at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this week. Until next time, I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pirate Mall Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.